You are listening to The Quest for 100, a discussion on everything you never knew you wanted to know. And now your hosts, Justin and Brian. Hello, Questers, and welcome in, and a special, special, special birthday wishes to my co-host and partner in crime, Brian. Thanks, Justin. How are you? Uh, pretty good. Yeah. yeah. It's a special day, a special podcast. Yeah, it's a good way to spend my birthday. Yeah, yeah. How uh, how are you doing? How how are things today? How was your your day thus far? Good. I got some cupcakes. Ooh. Yeah. I got some cupcakes. Uh, lots of well wishes. Some from people you know I didn't expect. So that's nice. always always fun to to hear from people you don't expect. Yeah. People you don't think would remember your birthday. Yeah. And it wasn't even like, oh, Facebook reminded yeah. them it was my birthday. It was like random, you know, email or text that, oh, yeah, from these people that I'm not even friends with face on Facebook. So, well, that's pretty special, I yeah. would say. Yeah. So, um, uh, I think we've allotted our special use for a few special, 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 <laughs> a few episodes. Yep. Because this is about when you'd say this is a special episode. Yeah. Well, I already said it right off the bat yeah. because I feel privileged that you are spending your birthday evening. Recording this podcast, uh, this is this is pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. It'll be fun. Well, uh, what what have you been up to since since last time? Right. Well, for my birthday, I went to Washington D.C. Ooh. Yeah. So I went and visited my cousin in Washington D.C. Nice. And then I had a friend who was who was coaching in a volleyball tournament out there, and so that was that was fun to do. Uh, got to hang out with all of them and and eat lots of food and. Uh, just really ate my way through Washington D.C. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be honest. Like, I probably gouged myself at every sitting. It, yeah. it wasn't like, oh, like let's go, you know, have a light lunch. No, it was like let's go all you can eat lunch mm-hmm. type of yep. thing. And you know, always enjoy seeing all the monuments and yeah. that type of stuff. I got there right at, um, so I, I took the red eye. I love taking red eyes. Okay. T- took the red eye and got in at about 6 a.m. So the sun was just rising. I took the train to downtown and, or I don't know if they near the Capitol and walked around the National Mall and nobody was there. Like there was a few runners, but like I got some really good pictures of the National Mall completely empty. Wow. With the sun rising and everything because nobody was there. So that was, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, I've I've been to DC once or twice, and I enjoyed my time. I think really only once or twice. Yeah, it's it's a little bit of a hike from Philly. No, it's not. It's a couple hours. Yeah, which is you know it's like going to Portland from Seattle, which I would hope you. But there's gone. Yes, I have. But times. unlike Seattle, uh, it's where only our nation's two, capital. There's two locations where you can go from Seattle and driving distance that are like big cities, and that's Vancouver and that's Portland. And uh, in Philly, you can go to New York, you can go to Baltimore, you can go. There's so many options that. But it's only our nation's capital. Yeah. Well, don't make me feel bad about it. But <laughs> but I have been there. What my buddy went to. College. You didn't go there like for Beanie Babies or anything like that. Uh oh. Get, Probably once. Yeah, yeah I was <laughs> Probably gonna say once. Liberty or something like that. Yeah. Or not no, that's that never mind. That would Liberty be, was a beanie baby, yes. But that was probably Statue of Liberty. No, it was a bear. Oh. Well, but I mean like was it Oh, it just, was just based off of America oh. and that that whole thing. Got it. 
Beanie Baby side note. But yeah, so uh, that that's pretty exciting, Brian. I'm glad you were able to get away and yeah. and hang out with some family. What'd you do? Um, Labor Day weekend. I did. Well, I worked uh, on Labor Day, which is always um, fun. But uh, I did on Sunday. I had some friends over, and then uh, later in the night, uh, ended up doing a D and D session. Oh was, yeah, yeah. My uh, my second full time going through a, a, a Lisa session. And uh, with our our guest host uh, Joe, who was on, yeah. uh, I forget which episode that was, but uh, yeah. we did do a, a podcast on D and D, and it was fun. We it was you know I, I decided not to do. It was a new character I did that was a descendant of my previous character who did not have issues talking. <laughs> 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 so I just talked normally. Okay. I figured that would be a little bit okay. easier to to get into these things without uh, fretting on the voice. That was episode thirty, by the way. Episode thirty. So. Yeah. So, but yeah, that was that was my Sunday night uh, rager, uh, as they say. Uh, but yeah, it was fun. About cool. All right. Well, um, should we? Uh, oh, oh, we we've got a correction. That's right. We've we, got a correction. We do. Hang up and try again. You idiot. So this is actually a correction for our correction, which yeah. we did. Uh, I, I did preface. We, we did say that there probably would need a correction for this, uh, but listener X called us out on this. We were correct in, uh, in that Ogden Morrow is the curator when we were talking about, this was a couple episodes, uh, it was an MTV episode, I believe, that mm-hmm. it came up, and we were somehow talking about Ready Player One. Uh, well... <laughs> We we got that correct, but Halliday was the one who died, and you know not to get into the whole books and all that, but I just wanted to clarify that before we got any further. I'm not that. gonna lie, I was confused when you yeah. said it. I was confused. Yeah. Well, and I just kind of was going off memory, which is never a good thing. But I obviously was a little incorrect on how I I phrased it. The so. other thing that he he kind of chided us on is mm-hmm. that we said that. Thriller was not an well. Impact you said fold. that. I don't want to okay. loop myself okay. into that. Well, you you did not disagree. <laughs> I didn't fight you no. on it. I guess. I'll, but but true. I mean, uh, yeah, I won't even get into it because he's going to still continue <laughs> yeah. to rip whatever I say because he lived through more of the MTV era than yes. we did. What you know, it's interesting to get the perspective of someone who you know we went through this different era of MTV. He went through another era, which is more the introductory era, and and. Thriller was Thriller was the iconic iconic music video. Yes. Like that was the iconic music video. I just don't associate that music video with MTV. Yeah, which is funny. I mean, he laughs at that just because he he looks at it as this is the video that you tied at MTV because yeah. it was it sparked from there. But yeah. anyway, we we always uh, enjoy the feedback. And uh, actually, I have one more, Brian. Oh, uh, sorry, I know there's all these other we ones. We are struggling. I know, but it's not a correct. No, it's not a correction. It's oh. a suggestion oh. uh, from a listener. Yeah, and uh, which usually kind of falls in our since last time. But my mother-in-law has started listening to the podcast. Welcome, hello, mother-in-law. I won't divulge your name, and she has recommended the topic of peanut butter as a oh. potential thing, and yeah. we could debate a lot. There's a lot of history there, so. Uh, Something something Washington, right? Uh, was the peanut butter guy? Oh, I don't. Uh, bo- not Booker T. Not uh, Carver. No, there was a Washington Carver. Washington Carver. 
He was a big peanut butter guy. Uh, I know Jimmy Carter was the peanut farmer. No, his name, George Washington Carver. Yeah, I think he was a peanut butter guy. <laughs> we'll even, get into it. I don't even yeah. know what a peanut butter guy means. I think he but invented I'm, it. Oh, even crazier. I didn't know that. Yeah, so, I, think, I think we'll, we'll, we'll get into it. Yeah, I, I, but we appreciate everyone's suggestions, and I thought that was actually a really good one. So um, thank you for that suggestion. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, let's uh, – oh, you know what? We've delayed this so long, we haven't what? even talked about what our topic is. Oh, my gosh. We haven't. <laughs> yeah. The topic today is college. Yeah. University, schooling. With school starting, we figured we should start and yeah. you know, start the the new season off right with talking about what everybody probably is having to go back to do or used to have to go back to do right or about this time. Has their kids going back to do or There's, has their it affects everybody, but but most people, not everyone, most people have at least experienced college, so we figured this would be pretty relevant even if you don't have kids in or are going yourself. Yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, let's do some college news. You're a newsman, I ever tell you otherwise. Punch me in the face! So I saw this story a couple weeks ago, actually, when uh, Virginia Tech was going back to school. And most of the – a lot of the East Coast schools are already back in session, I think, on the West Coast. People who are on the tri- – or the – the quarter system will go back, you know, in a little bit, a little bit later. So University of Washington here in Seattle will go back in a, in a few weeks, but most schools that I know of have already started. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Virginia Tech uh, had over a thousand n- more enrollees than they were expecting. Okay, as freshmen. And this really created an issue with dorm living and where they're going to put their their all these new freshmen. And so they have turned a Holiday Inn Express and a couple other, they've done a bunch of different unique things like converting a lot of their common areas and and converting some of the dorms from two people dorms to three people dorms. Mm -hmm. But the big part of this story is that they're converting a Holiday Inn Express into a dormitory. So for all all year they are basically shutting down a holiday and express or you know renting out a holiday and express and turning all of those rooms into dormitory rooms i don't i I, i'm my initial gut reaction is it actually might be kind of a higher quality than a dorm room right so that wouldn't be such a bad thing. I mean, right. you don't necessarily equate when you're looking at hotels, a Holiday Inn Express as a high quality, but when you're comparing it to a dorm, that's pretty good. Yeah, but one of the things that I saw was that, you know, some of the freshmen were, were pleased to have their own bathroom and, and yeah. you know, sink and all of that type of stuff and just more space in general in, in some of these areas. So, and I also saw a couple other schools were doing this as well. I think mm-hmm. Florida Atlantic had to do it. Um, handful of other schools just ha- saw a massive increase in enrollment this year from freshmen, and they just didn't know what to do with them anymore. So yeah. they're they're converting all these things hey, into very creative. Yeah, give them give them props. So my news comes from the University of Texas at Austin, and the students there are incredibly eager for their new teacher coming in because it's. Academy Award winner Matthew McConaughey oh, of course it is. is coming to teach a class 
um, and he's joining the faculty to teach a film course. So Professor McConaughey will teach a script-to-screen film production class at the Moody College of Communication, a class he previously co-taught as a guest with filmmaker and faculty member Scott Rice. Uh, McConaughey, who earned a film degree from UT in 1993, remains a familiar sight at football games and said uh, that this class that he was the one he wished he had during film school. So he was, some of his quotes talked about how he was preparing the kids for, you know, getting into that field Mm -hmm. and whatnot. Uh, But I, I thought, you know, this really jumped out at me. Obviously, it's a big name, but I am quite curious how often this happens because if I was Texas I would be utilizing him as a recruitment tactic to get kids to join or at least join a program yeah so that I thought it was amazing and and they can I mean colleges can easily pay a celebrity to come in and teach something uh, and the celebrity would be happy to do it more often than not, and you know, so it's it's pretty cool. I mean, I guess dedicating time—that's probably the biggest commitment for the for the celebrity. But yeah, and and I wonder what, I, and I don't know this, but what education level the the teacher has to have in sure. order to be accredited for an actual yeah. course. Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, I I guess it because a lot of them are. I don't. I don't think Texas is. But if you have a private institution, can you just bring anyone in, and you don't have to be accredited? So I feel like we should know this as we we do this. But here's the thing. Here's the thing with universities: is college and universities are such a large scope. Yeah. That there's no way we can cover that in an hour or in a week of research. No, not not at all. Uh, And we'll you know we'll basically touch the surface on some of this, these things and get into some fun debates but essentially it will uh will will barely touch anything <laughs> on this topic yeah but it'll be fun oh minimum education required is a master's degree you act as if that's super easy oh just a master's degree not everybody has master's degrees yeah but i mean but i guess it's more than a bachelor's so you have to, he, he had to at least get farther than a bachelor's degree yeah i guess so so talking six years of education of higher education than yeah um at least if yep. if nothing more Makes so sense. well as i drop a little knowledge why don't we just continue to drop that knowledge as we normally do i am the history guy and justin is the stats guy and man, there is a lot of history on universities, and I didn't even know really where to begin. I believe it. So we're just going to get into it. So university, the word, is derived from the Latin universitas magnistronum et scalarium, which roughly means, the way I said it, probably doesn't mean this, but... <laughs> If you say it correctly, roughly means community of teachers and scholars. Ooh, okay. So the the modern university system has roots in European medieval university, which was created in Italy and evolved from uh, cathedral schools for the clergy during the high Middle Ages. 
We'll kind of stay, take a step back, though, um, as the earliest universities were actually founded in Asia and Africa and predated a lot of the European medieval universities. The University of Al-Quer—I uh, have no idea how to even pronounce <laughs> this. Found it out, Al-Quer. It's a lot of uh, a lot of vowels. Q U A R A O U I Y I N E. Kirayan. Kirayan. Spell things when you say them out loud. <laughs> That's my one week. It was a, it was founded in Morocco by uh, Fatima Al Farima Farimi. Cool. In eight hundred fifty nine uh, A.D. Cool. And this is considered to be the l- oldest degree granting university. So these these types of of schools that they had in in Asia and Africa were um, smaller universities. It wasn't like a a conglomeration of multiple teachers or professors. It was really just like an individual teacher. And so a lot of people argue that this doesn't really emulate and translate to what we have as a modern university. It's a really, universities come from this medieval um, Christian tradition that I talked about earlier and European higher education really was launched from these cathedral schools and Masonic schools um, in which monks and nuns taught classes and this was about the the 6th century uh, AD the first universities in Europe with uh, a form of corporate guild structure were the University of Bologna and that was first started in 1088. The University of Paris, which was started in 1150, and the University of Oxnard, uh, uh, excuse me, not Oxnard, that's California, Oxford, Oxford yeah. which was 1167. It was interesting to find this out that university uh, culture developed differently from Northern Europe versus Southern Europe. So, in the, the South, universities were focused on law and medicine, while in the North, it was arts and theology. Huh. So up in you know the UK and Germany and everywhere yeah. up North, um, it was more on the arts and theology. The Northern model of system was a faculty governance, while the Southern was student-controlled. So we kind of had this divergent idea of how universities should be run, um, both with what you were studying and then also with how the governing body was being managed. Universities during the early uh, modern period, which was about the 15th century to 1800, began to become state-controlled and really took more of that northern model of governance, um, being the faculty rather than student-run. And so that's really where we start to see this evolution of the modern university. In the 18th century, university uh, universities started to publish their own research journals. And in the 19th century, um, you know, religion was really pay- playing a significant role in the uni- university curriculum. 
uh, religion in universities decreased towards the end of the, the 19th century because they started to do more research and studies and more away from that theology and religion. And we saw this um, from Germany. A, a, the German model was the style of research and, and um, less about the arts and theology. It was more about um, finding out research, which is really what we see today um, in the United States. I'm running out of breath. <laughs> I was going to say, I I wish I had more counters, or not counters, but conversation pieces this, but I feel like this is this is like a, a conversation a scholar would have about colleges, and I don't consider myself a scholar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so although each in- institution uh, was really organized differently, nearly all universities had a board of trustees, a president, chancellor, or rector, at least one vice president, chancellor, or rector, and then deans of various divisions. And the universities are generally uh, divided into a number of different academic departments, schools, or facilities. Uh, The public university systems are ruled by the government or for the higher education boards, while private universities are privately funded and generally have broader independence from state policies. as they are, you know, privately funded. So we get into the United States um, and the the education system here. Um, Harvard was founded by the Massachusetts Bay Colonial Legislat- uh, Legislature in 1636, and it was named after the early benefactor. Uh, most of its funding came from the colony, but the col- colleges began to collect endowments early on and Harvard uh, first focused on training young men for the ministry. It uh, was pretty widely uh, supported by the Puritan government. So some of those leaders had already um, attended Oxford and Cambridge over um, in the UK. So they brought you know this university idea over to the United States. The um, The next university that was founded in the United States was the College of William and Mary, and this was founded by the Virginia government in 1693. Yale was founded in 1701, and I didn't realize this, but it actually was um, relocated uh, to New Haven, Connecticut in 1716. Oh, okay. Is that where it currently is? Yes. Okay. I just didn't realize that That it, it once was in another place. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, and it was actually a different name. It was originally the Collegiate School. Collegiate School. That would be a cool uh, retro shirt to have if you went to Yale. The Collegiate School? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> up until this point, all of these uh, universities were for males. And it wasn't until... Um, let's see, 1797, that Mary Lyon University was founded, and it was founded by the Mount uh, Holyoke Female Seminary, and it was the first college that was open to women, and now today it's the Mount Holyoke College. What, What was the year for that? 
1797. Okay. But it was just all women. All women. Okay, so yeah. not mixed. Okay. Yeah. Oberlin College um, in 1833 was the first co-educational college. Can you say that original year first? The, the, the all women was... 1797. And then the next one was 18... 1833. So, four, is that 40, 50 years? Yeah, almost almost 40. 40 years? 40 years before... And, and not even for It was... 40 years from an all-women and an all-men to go to that, but just to even from the, obviously, the first all-men schools, it's interesting that it, I, in some ways, it feels a, ahead of its time, but at the same time, it feels so far behind. Yeah, yeah. And then I have to include this part in here for my dad because he's a big, uh, big proponent for the land-grant institutions. Um, so big land grant guy. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Each, uh, so each state used federal funding from the moral land grant college acts of 1862 and 1890 to set up land grant colleges, which specialized in agriculture and engineering. Okay. So among the first of these schools was Iowa state and Purdue Michigan State, Kansas State, Cornell, Texas A&M, uh, your Penn State University. Ohio State and the University of California. The note says that a uh, few of these alumni actually became farmers, um, mm. but they did play a bigger role in, you know, the food industry, um, you know, and, and, training agronomists and in the agricultural communities we uh we might have mentioned this in the the old turf episode but penn state in particular is huge for agriculture and if you go around to at least nfl teams or other sports teams you're almost guaranteed that one of the people working on the field went to penn state i kid you not Mm. i I kid you not. There is, I mean, the the team sometimes the I so they're like the te- turf people. Yes, I, I, agriculture, turf, just field maintenance. Penn State is one of, if not the top in in the country, hmm. which is funny because I obviously did not go that for that. But yeah, um, but yeah, it's big, big for sports. Yeah. So my my great grandfather, my grandfather, and my dad all went to land grant universities. My dad actually attended. Like three total okay. land grant universities. Wow. Yeah. And your your uh, Wazoo was not. I didn't go to Wazoo. Oh, that's right. I keep forgetting that. Yeah. But yeah, uh, your school was not. No, I went to a which I mean maybe we should have talked about that at some point. Well, I figured it would come up at least in the friendship test. Yeah. But yeah, um, I did not go to a land grant university. Okay. Uh, the last note that I have was that. It wasn't until the 1920s that we saw the introduction of junior colleges, which I thought was interesting that it took that long to develop something that's not necessarily a four-year institution. Hmm. Um, you know, and then by the uh, 1960s, we started to call some of them community colleges. Okay. So it's really a relatively new idea to get you know, some lower degree than a bachelor's. Right. And a more affordable route to yeah. get, um, to get college education. 
Yeah, interesting. Um, so I'm going to breeze by some of these stats. Uh, uh, let me breathe after all of that like, <laughs> yeah. long-winded. I know. I your your history. I, I I guess I could. There's a million different ways I could have taken the stats. I just wanted to cover the the high level statistics surrounding colleges and universities and and um, people who attend and and get through. So uh, more than 2.3 million people per year graduate college. And uh, 61% of Americans have at least some college education right now. The current overall six-year completion rate is 58.3%. is actually up about 1.5 percentage points from uh, the cohort cohort of students the year before. So a lot of what uh, I was looking into is how many many after a four-year, six – it's more a – did they complete in six years? Not that they had a six-year program, so they might take a year off here or there. Yeah. The difference is very minimal when I looked at this. these statistics. If you were a four-year student, uh, your completion rate was almost identical to if you had six years to complete. So it, it's not necessarily time is not really the factor for getting people to, to graduate. But it was a good sign to see that this year uh, or this past year because we're starting the 2019 season uh did have a an increase in graduation rate i think this this is relatively well known but employees who hold a bachelor's degree uh take home i guess the number isn't well known but take home an average of 66 percent more income than those with a high school diploma you can probably read that on every college site as they try to recruit you to come to college yeah um and uh some of the costs associated with this, I was curious, um, you know, I, I went to Penn State, as we mentioned, I was an in-school or in-state tuition. Um, I forget exactly how, what my cost was, but the average per year cost for college for in-state is 9.7 thousand a year. For out-of-state is 21.6 thousand. And for private is 35.6. Obviously, that varies greatly among each of these categories. I was a little shocked with how much it is to go out of state. Uh, we can get into this in our friendship test, but I I really was kind of focused on Penn State. I didn't really look out of state. So it's interesting to see that it would cost more than double the cost if I wanted to go to Ohio State. Oh, gross. But, or like another school. So, And according to the, the Federal Reserve – over half of young adults who went to college in 2018 took on debt. About 69% of students from the class of 2018 took out student loans, graduating with an average debt balance of $29,800, according to Student Loan Hero. Uh, that's a hotly contested big debate item in in politics is the cost of college. and. Yep. Uh, should it be free? Should there be, you know, easier ways to get into it? So I wanted to touch on just the debt aspect. Uh, debt forgiveness is another one that, that's really big, but we won't get into that. Yeah, I know a handful of cities are now, you know, giving anybody who graduates from their high schools in that city, giving them free tuition for you know, if they attend the school that the the university that's also in their town. Yeah, and I think that's that's 
awesome that one that they're doing that, but even even just that the ins. I like, I I would like the idea of going out of state and trying getting a whole new culture and and doing that in college. What better time to do so? Uh, but I also like that it's like, hey, stay in our backyard and we'll make it a little bit more affordable for you, even though people who have to come from out of state are paying a little bit more to get the same experience. Um, Which, by the way, I was just I was interested to know why people pay more out of state than in state, and it has to do with taxes and. Hmm not if you are coming from out of state you have never paid any taxes or your family has not paid any taxes right to that state which taxes help support the the education yeah. system um, for that particular state or institution yeah no that, that makes a lot of sense it's just surprising that it would be that much more yeah because like as an 18 year old well you don't really pay no taxes granted your parents will pay some of those taxes for right. you but you haven't earned any wages it would make to me it would make more sense to for the university to try to get you out there and then try to get you to stay mm-hmm. be more beneficial for you stay in that state for x amount of years after yeah. you go to school there rather than say oh we're going to make you pay this you know tons more money yeah why not just say oh hey, you're going to pay the same as in-state, but here's a stipulation. You have to stay here for 10 years right. You know, and help our economy after 10 years or after graduation for 10 years mm-hmm. before moving out of the country or out yeah. of the st- state or whatever. Yeah. No, I mean, it makes sense. So I was looking, I wanted to look a little bit at degrees for uh, in a comparison of, of 2018 to 2000. So in 2018, 40 8.2% of people had a bachelor's degree and 29.8% had it in 2000. So a pretty big shift in uh, 2000 to me. Uh, I know we're, you're getting old. I'm, I'm not old yet. Um, Thanks. Just because my birthday's today. <laughs> yeah. Come on. You just gained a whole year today. I did. I feel a whole year older. Yeah. But to me, two, the year 2000 does not seem that far away. And it's scary to think that that was 18 years ago or yep. 19, 19 years, years ago. ago. Yeah, um, going on 20 here pretty soon. Yeah, but to look at these numbers, I would have never guessed that in 2000, when my older siblings were in college, that the bachelor degree graduation or having a bachelor's degree uh, was that different uh, of almost 20 percent or 20 points down. Yeah, uh, master's degree. 21% versus 10.4% in 2018 versus 2000. Um, and then the professional and doctorate de- degrees are pretty similar. Doctorate is at 4.5 this this year or 2018 and 2%. So it did double or more than double from yep. 2000, but still, you know, pretty low. But yeah, so I thought that was interesting. Uh, people talk about, I know uh, I have had conversations with my mother who you know, went to college, but I don't know if she, I actually don't know if she graduated, uh, you know, a lot of other people who went to college and, you know, that just got their degree and worked the same job for their whole lives. Our, our parents and, and older, it was less important, um, to get a degree, yeah. uh, to still important, it. but it was almost, it gave you a leg up. Whereas I think now it is required. Right. Um, so, 
uh, and you know their parents were like you know college was optional or, or especially for many of the women who were just like I, I'm just going to be a stay at home mom um, so it's interesting to see the generational shift I think it's it's definitely progressive which is great so um, and then the last thing was just on a uh, I was just curious what what degrees are the most popular um, so the number one is business administration at 320,000 degrees <laughs> The way you said that, yeah. Yeah, that sounds super weird. Uh, number two really is, hot. is Liberty, or sorry, Liberty, Liberal Arts at about 300,000. Registered Nursing is number three at 231,000. And Psychiatry and General Studies round out at 126 and 108,000. So um, business is, is king right now um, for degrees coming out of college um, in the last year. So pretty cool, but that was the end of my stats. All right. Should we do a interesting friendship test? We shall. Can we just become best friends? Yep. So, Brian, I I actually want to take a take a step back. I want to know what your college experience or not your tell me about your whole college experience. No. Uh Well, Dustin, <laughs> I want to know what your college acceptance and what is it called application process was like when you chose the college what express what college you went to to the listeners and then uh the choice in your major i wanted to know a little bit about that yeah so i went to pacific university not to be confused with university of the pacific which Mm. is in stockton california Mm. pacific university is in forest grove oregon which is outside of portland I think I applied to about eight schools. Okay. Five, um, six to eight probably schools. I think I got into all of them. Or if I didn't, I probably hadn't heard back from them when I decided to go to Pacific. Yeah. Just out of curiosity, were they all smaller schools or were there uh, there any? There was a mixture. Um, There's a mixture. I think the few in California, but pretty much. Um, you know, Western Washington. I know I went and visited University of Puget Sound. I went and visited over here in in Tacoma. A few smaller schools because I knew I was going to play sports. Okay. Um, and and I wasn't as interested to play at a big college. Well, one, I don't think I could have played at a bigger college for mm-hmm. some of the sports, but I wasn't as interested to go to a bigger school. Um, I knew I wanted to get out of Pullman because uh, with my, both of my parents being at the university and working there, I spent a lot of time on campus already. Yeah. And so I – and then a lot of my friends went to Washington State University as well. So I knew I wanted to get out of town. So applied. I don't even really remember, like, getting accepted. It wasn't like the movies where, like, oh, there's a letter. Yeah, and the, yeah, the family crowds in. around you. Yeah. Like, <gasps> yeah, I don't know that. I mean, I was a fairly good student, so I don't know if it was like a, am I going to get in? Am I not going to get in? I also, you know, Pacific University was, it's a small school. It, I don't know that it has the huge reputation for academics, so it's not like this prestigious, oh, you know, applying to Stanford and getting into Stanford right. or a 
Ivy League school. In all retrospect, I kind of wish I would have applied Why just not? to see if I would have gotten into yeah. one of them, but I don't think I would have ever gotten to them. Yeah. So, but Pacific's a small liberal arts school, so it's a private school. Mm-hmm. So, closer to that $30,000 a year is what I was paying. Yeah. Got a little bit of help from, you know, a lot of a lot of private schools, they have a lot of scholarships and things like that for academics and um, got a little bit of money um, for that. So, you know, it wasn't cheap. If I would have went to Washington State University, it would have been a lot less expensive. But, you know, I played golf there. And um, so, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Did that answer your question? It, it did. And then you're... I don't really remember the application process. Yeah. I remember the only thing I remember was when I went to visit, I remember driving onto campus and be like, wow, this is home. Like this is before I knew I was going to go to school there. I was like, I can see myself coming here. And that was the only place I ever felt like that. So that was my, you know, application and and admission process was, was like driving in and be like, Ooh, like this feels right. Yeah. And you, you knew your major, you felt pretty confident in your major going into college? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I knew, I knew I was going to be in broadcasting of some sort. Um, I actually, for that school, I, I, they didn't have a broadcasting program. So what I did was I double majored in media arts and, uh, or excuse me, integrated media and film and video, which were both in their media arts program. So that's kind of how it, it all, all went down. Okay. Well, uh, I had a very different experience um, in that I, so I went to Penn State as, as uh, I mentioned, my sister, I have, I'm youngest of, of five on my mom's side and my three other siblings went to Temple and Bloomsburg and Bloomsburg, where's that? Uh, that is in Pennsylvania. It's a state school in Pennsylvania. And it was, uh, I believe my sister went to uh, Montgomery County Community College. Um, but my sis- my um, closest in age sister, she went to Penn State. And that was like the first like real big school that somebody re- in my family went to, or at least my intermediate family. And she did uh, a couple years at uh, Commuter Campus and then went up to main campus uh when it came time for me to go to school i my my grades were fine i I was a i was a pretty good student i wasn't uh you know straight a i thought you were gonna say i was a d student i was not a d student decent probably i I was a i was probably an uh average b student maybe uh, i had some uh classes that i excelled in uh, in high school, but, okay. but I, I came out of that and my application process was to one school and it was to Penn state Abington. I did not apply to any other schools. I what's Penn state. Abington? So Penn state Abington is just a commuter campus. Oh, okay. It's, okay. it's a part of their got arm. It, got it. Um, and the, the route that they take is you do, you could do a year and then go up or two years is more reasonable to get your gen eds done and then go up to main campus for two years. Yeah. So, main campus was about three hours away from where I lived, uh, similar to going, well, in some ways going over to Eastern Washington, but, um, probably a little bit further or so, a little less further. So do not that many people go straight to the, 
a ton of people oh. go straight to main campus. And I had a lot of friends or a handful of friends that went straight to main campus. I was not, my family was not in a wonderful financial situation. So I just kind of looked at it as what, what I can have a similar somewhat similar college experience yeah. by going to a commute or not community college, but a, um, a, a commuting college, uh, with Penn state and do that for two years, save 20 grand and then go up to main campus and spend the rest of my, my two years yep. degree there. And, you know, so did they have, do they have dorms and they do? Yeah. It's a little less common to stay on campus for, for those side ones. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had, I want to say they have probably five different uh, commuter campuses. Uh, Penn State Abington, which is right outside of Philly, was uh, one of the, was the school that I went to, uh, and it was about forty five minute drive. Why Sorry, people. Uh, since it's my birthday, people keep blowing me up with texts and oh, yeah. birthday wishes, and I just got one from my aunt who said, "Thank you for the podcast on dishwashers. It is life changing advice." Oh. <laughs> <laughs> glad we could make your day that's funny <laughs> that is awesome yeah but yeah so i i went to that for two years and went up to main campus for the last two and i don't regret it for one second i was at a college i had to pay for some of my college my parent my mom helped uh as well and was a huge help but uh had paid for a little bit of that but i was out of college debt you know pretty pretty quickly out of college um, just because of the money that I saved and, and some other things. But um, I do, I was actually curious what Penn State Maine's campus um, is for. Is average. that what you guys call it? Penn State Maine? Well, it's Penn State, but for, for someone who commuted for two years, I, like when I have to, if I, if someone asked me where I went to college, I went to Penn State. I did two years at one campus, two at another. Mm-hmm. But if we were at like at Penn State Penn Abington, State. you'd be like, oh, at Maine. You just say at Maine, and that's, you know, what it meant. Um, But in-state tuition for Penn State was around $14,000 for at least Maine campus. And it was – In-state was? In-state, which is pretty expensive – or more expensive than the the average at least. Yeah, I was going to say that's pretty expensive. Um, But, uh, I mean, it's it's one of the more – I mean, you have have some Ivy League of Penn. uh, You have Temple. Temple and – Penn State compete on a lot of fronts, but I, Penn State, I think, just wins. Just it's just a massive. What's interesting is you your class sizes. Like, what were your class sizes? I'll tell you, my smallest class size was I think eight people. Okay, six or eight people. Yeah, I would say my smallest class size was maybe thirty. Um, yeah. And then and my then, largest was like a thousand. Yeah. <laughs> See, like, so my, my my largest I think was probably forty five or fifty, maybe. Yeah. That's wild to me. And uh, I don't know if we mentioned this in a prior podcast, but the uh, for me when I went to high school, I graduated with about twelve hundred people. So I felt like I met someone new every time. And then yeah. going to college, even you know, we went to uh, I went to Penn State Abington and. Even that school was pretty large. It yeah. was si- almost similar in size to what a uh, uh, my high school was, right. uh, and um, and then you go, you know, the main campus where you just literally are just a, a number, right? And, and and I didn't I didn't care at all. Like it, it was an easy transition for me to go through. But that. what's crazy to me is that you have people who are paying fourteen thousand dollars, and 
you're in a class that you may never talk to your professor? Well, yes. And I think what Penn, Penn State historically, I mean, is, is, it is many things. Um, it's been tied to a, a good social um, and party school at times. And so I think people are driven in that way. Very high academics, uh, one of the best business schools in the country, uh, which is one of the reasons why I wanted to go. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It's I pref- I went to it, and one of the – what I was going to say is um, networking. Penn State is just – if you went to Penn State, you know someone else that went to Penn State, and they you just help each other. And that's – I think that's not uncommon of colleges, but for whatever reason in Pennsylvania, like I, I have the job I have because I went to Penn State, like – my network did that for me. Um, you know, they didn't do it for me, but they helped me get there. And, uh, you know, we, that's the one thing that Penn State always talks about. If you want to get a job outside of school, there's no better school or, to go to than Penn State because you're going to know someone else that has a Penn, you know, Penn State degree and, and that's going to hmm. happen. So, okay. Um, but anyway, and then the last thing I was going to say is, uh, so I graduated with a business administration degree. I uh, went, I started going towards uh, finance and I was going to be, you know, either an accountant or, you know, finance. I really liked personal finance at the time um, and uh, decided it wasn't, it wasn't for me. And I'm really glad I pivoted at that point to just go more of a generalist business uh, standpoint. Yeah. Yeah. When you, uh, when you lived, did you live on campus or off campus? Like what, what was your, your living situation? So my two years, uh, so I commuted for the first two years. So I'll put that aside, um, lived at home. Uh, but the, I mean, that's part of it though. Yeah. People live at home. Yeah, for sure. So I, I had that experience. It's fine for saving money. I didn't love it. You know, you, you're an adult at that point or feel like it and you're still living under house rules, which, you know, is fine and I appreciated the the roof over my head but I was ready to go away after the two years and um, my my two years I at Penn State Maine was uh, with living with a few of my buddies one of which was my lifelong friend still is to this day played D&D with him the other day the other one was super random uh, childhood friend who I had lost touch with never talked to and then had a class at Penn State Abington and somehow the name came up and I was like, I know that name. Like you, we used to be like friends and connected then and then decided that we were going to room together. Yeah. Um, so I did, it was a off campus housing situation with three other guys. We each had our own room, mm-hmm. um, but we would share uh, two, two bathrooms in the place. So I would share a bathroom with the one guy, the other two guys shared one bathroom uh, and uh, yeah, we had a kitchen and, and living room. Mm-hmm. And, um, so yeah, it worked. What about you? Yeah, I lived, I actually lived on campus all four years. Okay. And we had a lot of, I guess you could call it sweet living where, you know, it wasn't just like a dorm room. So I lived in a dorm room my first, first year as a freshman. Cause you had to live in, in a dorm room. Yeah. But then after that I moved into, um, uh, actually a brand new building that was, you know, a suite. So, you know, you'd, uh, with four people, you'd share a common area, a kitchen, and then you'd have two bathrooms. Okay. Um, and it was technically campus housing. So, you know, you'd move in at the beginning of the year and move out at the end of the year and you wouldn't have to worry about 
um, paying for, you know, or what you were going to do during the summer yep. um, and sublease or anything like that. And so I did that all four years. Um, you know, the first year was with somebody, um, was with uh, a guy who was also on the golf team. Okay. And then lived with him and a couple other people. Actually, I lived with, ended up with, living with more uh, women oh. throughout my time. Wow. At, you know, in these suites. Yeah. Um, than I did uh, with guys. Interesting. Which did you prefer? Living with the the women, yeah, they're cleaner. Yeah, I would yeah. venture to say, yeah, that's probably a lot simpler. Yeah, um, and like everybody's like, oh yeah, there's so much drama and whatever. It's like, well, they don't talk to me. They, yeah, like they, they're not gonna come give the, get the guy's yeah. perspective. That, yeah. so I was good. Um, it was nice and clean. Yeah, I I did guys. Uh, I had one, uh, one person rotated um, to a different person the next year, but I basically had at least the same two guys. Uh, for two years and uh, we found ourselves I I never lived by myself I don't think I would love the idea of living by myself I think it would be difficult as a a college student yeah you know from a financial standpoint yeah for sure but uh, so but what we found ourselves because it was we shared an apartment essentially off campus and we found ourselves in roles um, within the the family we talked Mm -hmm. about family dynamic yeah and my my good friend, um, shout out to Mark, who we're obviously still friends. He he was the the baby of the family, and uh, does we, he know that? Oh yeah, he knows that. Okay. He he came when he came to uh, to Penn State, and he did uh, two years at a community college, and then came up. He lived at home up until that point. We had to teach him how to do the wash, how to. Uh, favorite one of my favorite stories is um, he and and I don't want to get it into a story mode because there's could be a million of them, but perfect example we asked uh, my my roommate Brian and I went out to the store. He was the the mom, I was the dad in the relationship. <laughs> um, and uh, does, does Brian know? Oh that? yeah, he knows that. Okay. He's aware okay. of that okay. as well. And so we went out to Walmart. We walked over to Walmart because we were going to get dinner for ourselves and we were going to cook a pasta, a family meal. And so we asked Mark, I say, Mark, can you uh, boil some water for so that when we get back, we can just throw the pasta in and, and call it a day. And so he did what he, we asked. He put a pot out, put the water in, he boiled some water, and then we came back and there was no water boiling. And we're like, well, what, what the heck? What did you do? He's like, well, I got it to boil and then I turned it off. Like that's the, do you have you never boiled water in your life? He said no. Like he did his he he oh. lived with his parents, you know. So he boiled the water, turned it off, got it, and then you know. Okay, I when you said that, I was picturing that he had boiled it for so long that the water had all evaporated <laughs> oh, and it was completely empty. <laughs> that would also be funny. That's what I thought. But no, he I he got you. actually turned. So the water it off. was still there, but it was not boiling. Yeah, so it's like, what's the point? Yeah, what you did did nothing. Yeah. Um, so well, there was like, it. It killed all the bacteria sure. or whatever that was in yeah, it. But, but there was moments like that where you know we would we would have sometimes chores. He was very good at washing dishes. That was what he was good at. So we let him do that. That was his chore. And then you know we typically did uh, the cooking and and uh, some other cleaning and whatnot. But uh, yeah. So anyway, that was that was my experience in college uh, living with those guys. And I had stories for days, but we can't get into all of that. Yeah, I, um, I'm just remembering a lot of things. It was like. I don't like 
sleeping on a double bed, miserable. Yeah, right. It, miserable. Uh, I, uh, I, I don't ever want to go back to that. As tall people, too, it's yeah. just like doesn't. Not, not good. No. And, and the other thing I was just thinking about was laundry. And I was like, I don't actually remember ever. Like, I don't remember having to go down and do laundry. I don't remember where the laundry room was. Yeah. I know I did it. Was, do you know it was coins? Or you didn't have one in your unit, did you? No. Right. Yeah, I don't think we had one in our unit. Yeah. But I don't. I literally do not remember where I had to take the laundry in all, any of the four years. But I know I had to do it. Yeah. But like showering, like walking down the hall. And, and the thing was, in at Pacific, the dorms were co-ed. Okay. And so you would actually be walking, you know, down the hallway um, and, you know, you'd have, you know, guys and girls and just the bathrooms were on different ends. Mm-hmm. And so depending on how, like where your room was, you may have to walk a long ways to get to the, the, the men's bathroom. Yeah. Yeah. And I, that's where I, I do feel privileged in that, you know, I did two years living at home and then I went up to main campus and lived in an apartment and I... We had a unit. We had our own showers. We had our our own you haven't washer lived. driver. You yeah, haven't I, lived. you're right. I haven't lived that way. <laughs> I wouldn't say lived in period, um, <laughs> but I haven't lived the dorm life um, like most people, and I'm not unhappy with that. But I I had a I went right into I wouldn't say luxury experience, but I went right into uh, you know a upper echelon experience in college. <laughs> okay, you're going to have to explain this uh, go-to college dinner. Yeah, did you have a, you know, a lot of people, or it could be meal, a lot of people are like, ramen, I ate ramen all the time, or oh, I ate, you know, oh, this. what was your go-to yes. college yes. meal? <laughs> oh, yeah, I, was I like, guess the phrasing could have been a little different. Yeah, I was like, do you want to go to a college, college dinner? dinner? Like, is that a yeah. Penn State thing where it's yeah. like a regular dinner thing yeah. that they have and you'd all dress up? And Although we would say uh, if you, well, if we wanted to go to a certain place, it was called, are you hungry? And so we would look at each other and say, are you hungry? And then we'd all go around and it was like, yeah, okay, we're going to go there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, ours was, ours was move the car. Move the car? Yeah. Do you want to go move the car? And that meant make a run to Taco Bell. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> that is awesome. I don't, let's see, did I have a go to? Uh, no. Yeah. No. Were you a pretty healthy eater? Did you just, you know, because I, I think um, a lot of colleges is indulging in crappy foods. Yeah. So, so for most of the college, I, I ate with living on campus, I would actually get a meal plan through our cafeteria, okay. our dorm. So I didn't have to cook that often because a lot of the times it, it was n- not easy with golf and everything. We'd go and have practice from, you know, four o'clock till seven o'clock and then you get back home and you need to study. And so it's not like you want to go and have to make something or go shopping or anything like that. So yeah. for most of the, most of it, I had, um, you know, a meal plan. I will say that a third of the student population at that Pacific is Hawaiian. Oh, okay. And so we had Hawaiian plate lunches on every Tuesday and Thursday. Ooh. And that 
was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if the whole, you know, the people who came from the islands actually thought that the food was good, but man, some of the dishes that they cooked were so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, uh, for me, I never had that experience either. So I never did commons. Uh, we just, we had a Walmart that was right by us. And so we would, you know, shop at Walmart, get our foods, most of it frozen and tried to be at times somewhat healthy and, and actually have meals where we eat together, which I thought was kind of a cool concept. I think a lot of people, even if you're living with other people, you kind of do your own thing. We did try to do dinners together. Um, but our go-to whenever we were in doubt was a frozen pizza, Red Baron in particular, frozen pizza. You get it for a couple bucks for the whole pizza and it could feed, you know, two people at least. And we would do that. One of my other favorites that we would do on the pizza front was there was a, um, I think this might've came up in the pizza episode, but we used to do uh, CC's pizza. I think it was CC's pizza. And we would go, Right at, I think I actually might have brought this up. We would go at the very end of the day because uh, it was right when they were about to close. We'd show up, and then they would be like, oh, here's we're going to throw this away, so here's some pizza. So we would feast for, for a few days on um, cold and and old pizza, which I was totally fine with because uh, it's Yeah, you did bring that up in the – Yeah, the- so I that that was, you know, my – our go-to, I think, was, was especially the Red Baron, but pizza was – we had a lot of pizza in college. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Well, uh, we are well over an hour. Oh, geez, Louise. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, should we do just – You, you want to do the delusional thinking? Yeah. Jump into that? Yeah, we might as well. So I don't even know if you read this one in advance, Brian, but uh, I I pulled this from the the crazy world of Reddit. Uh, would you rather sleep through all of your finals? You're in college. Yeah. You uh, got some big finals coming up. You could either sleep through all of them, mm-hmm. which sounds great, or get locked out of your dorm overnight without a change of clothes, and you're only in your boxers. So it's just one night, but you are locked out and you can't can't there's no way in even if you talk to your ra or whoever else you can't get in what what are your thoughts are the finals imperative for me to graduate i wouldn't say to graduate but they are imperative to your grades for that semester so i would say let's say 50 percent of them are going to be a change in letter grade if you miss these i mean i I, I would say that half the teachers would say you can't make it up, and maybe some would give you a pass, but usually they don't. I know I was so terrified. Of yeah. It. Okay. All right. Well, I think being a a fairly good student, mm-hmm. I I think the you know the B was probably the lowest grade I ever got. Okay. So if you're saying I'm only changing my letter grade by one, that that means I'm not you know, failing the course and I don't need to retake the course. Yeah. Cause I would, I would get a C. So I want to throw this out there though. I, I don't know what the percentage is, but let's say 25, you have four finals in one day. Yeah. And you're going to, well in that week, uh, and maybe slept through the whole week. I don't know, but you have four finals, probably one fourth of those. Your almost your entire grade is dependent on your, your final. I don't know if you had this, I had classes that were like this, where there was 
basically just tests. The tests were See, the one. Here's, here's, I think, the difference in, in our college, our uh, college sure. experience, right? Yeah. Where you didn't know your professors. And yeah. so if you didn't show up, like, to class or to uh, the final, mm-hmm. for instance, the professor had no idea, right? Yeah. Whereas if I didn't show up to a class, they would know that I was not at the class. Yeah. And so as long as I'm showing up to an enough classes, like all of the other classes, and then I miss the finals, then yes, they may say, oh, you can't make it up. But the, they are probably not going to fail me just because I missed the final. Okay. And if I made every single other class. Okay, so you make every class, and then what you're saying is that the they're going to give you a pass. Yeah, and and no penalty to your grade at all. Well, they would give me a penalty to the grade, but yeah. in terms of a pass fail, like yeah, they're they're not going to just like fail me because I missed the final. Sure. Yeah, yeah, I, and that's why I bring that up because I think again there are classes I had them where you have your grade is the f- the test it's like two tests in the whole year and yeah. it makes those things so incredibly yeah, we valuable just, and we didn't do the like being a liberal arts school that yeah. wasn't our the format that we had yeah. those were my least favorite by the way the but, the one test the like one or two tests i i mean i i did well in college i yeah. i did better in college than i did in high school uh, but man when you put all that pressure on one test and i just and you try to cram as much as you can, but I were you a crammer? Oh, I would, yeah, for sure. Like a stay up all night cramming, or I mean, this yeah. should have been a friendship test. But. Yeah, yeah, no, I I would. Um, not always. Some some classes came easier to me than others, and the ones that didn't, I would just cram like no other. Um, See, what's interesting is I was not I, like I would I would cram, but. At some point, I would just be like, well, I've studied as much as I possibly can, and it's going to happen. The test is going to happen. It's going to come and go. The part that I struggled with from, you know, just my major part of, uh, uh, you know, the major being media arts and having these projects, Mm -hmm. those were the killers to me, is having projects and saying, oh, like the project has to be done. It can't yeah. be like half finished. Whereas you can half study for something or and like wing it. Almost, yeah. And kind yeah. of wing it. And as long as you were at class and you kind of understand it, you can get by, mm-hmm. but there is no doing that in like a film project or a website design or anything like yeah. that. It's literally, it's either done or it's not. And you know, you can kind of half ass. I don't know if I can say ass, but we might cut beep, that out. Beep. Beep. <laughs> You can you can kind of skate by a little bit, but like at some point you have to get the thing actually done. Sure, yeah, and that makes sense. And I think that's probably a different experience. Uh, I wanted to do a quick mention, a quick thing. So when I I, I crammed a lot, but there was one class where uh, I don't know if you ever had this, where you were allowed to bring in a note card um, with you know whatever you want, like oh as much yeah as much information as yeah, you yeah. wanted to put yeah. on that note card. Yeah, I had a teacher who actually called me out and like called me up to the class at the end of class and said, you're basically cheating because I can write incredibly small. And I, the, the one part was I had, he would tell us like, you know, there was an essay that you had to write about this or whatever. 
and I was a slow writer. Um, and so I could write an entire essay. Um, you know, I don't know how many pages, like a couple of page essay. I don't know what it was, but I could write all of that on a small. So then you're just five. transcribing it. Yep. That's, that's all it is. <laughs> I don't have to think about it. And so, uh, and, and it's, I mean, I'll have to show you at one point, like I can write incredibly small and read it very perfectly. And, uh, so I, I just thought it was a funny moment, like for tests like that to, for him to call me out. You know, I wasn't cheating because I followed his rules, but Anyway, so so you're saying in this scenario, you yeah, would, I'm sleeping. You're you're sleeping, sleeping through. through and rolling yep. the dice with your professors. Yeah, because again, I I went to a school where it was a co-ed dormitory, so I would be stuck outside of my room. Yeah. In a co-ed dorm. Sure. Do you think what what, what would what would happen? You're stuck out there. What what's your if you had that s- scenario? What what's the first thing you're doing? What I would do? Yeah. Uh, I would go to somebody else's room. Yeah. For sure. Okay. But you were co-ed, so are you going into some other Oh, no, no, no. No, it's got to be a guy. Okay. It's got to be a guy. Say. Yeah. I was like, that's pretty forward of you. Um, <laughs> so I, I'm on the flip side, and maybe that's part of my experience at Penn State, but I do not – I'm terrified of missing finals. Uh, and if I missed it, I'm confident that I wouldn't get the right grade, and – I would have to debate or talk to the professor. And some, some yes, I had classes where I, I did know my professors and they would be more flexible. Um, and others where I was a big lecture hall and they didn't know when you were there or not. And all that mattered was your grades are uh, in the test. So uh, for me, that scares me. I would lean towards the other option. Uh, you also didn't live in a dorm, so you don't even... You, you no, know, I, I know that, but I know what dorm life is. I had friends in dorms, and for me, I, I know that that would be humiliating. Uh, it would, but it. I often live my life. Not often. I sometimes live my life for the story. Oh, I so. thought you. Were, I thought you were going to say. I often live my life in boxers. <laughs> yeah. Actually, yeah. Sometimes I do. <laughs> Usually, it's at night when I go to bed, but I do live part of my life that way. No, I just I it would be a funny story that we would bring up in a podcast, you know, eight years later, but uh I don't know how many years later it actually is, but Oh, did um, this actually happen? No, 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 it did not. Oh. <laughs> it did not actually happen. I'm just saying if I it would be a funny story that I would like to bring up in a podcast like Well, when you said eight years later, you I just that, guessed in my head what, you know. That kind of brought me to, well, it's about been eight years since he's yeah. been out of college. Yeah, it so. has been. So, But, yeah, uh, I don't know. I, I think it would be risky, but I could get through it, and it would, I would laugh about it later. So that's my conclusion. But, uh, Brian, this I'm glad you spent some time on your birthday on this. this oh, was, it's always fun. Uh, always this, fun. This was a treat. Yeah, And for all of you listeners out there, thank you for your time. As always, subscribe to uh, Apple, Google Podcasts. If you haven't already, you want to get that notification when these things drop. Brian is, is gracious enough to post and edit these uh, to get out to your your little inbox every, every Thursday. And um, if you haven't already, follow us on, on some of our social media channels. We're posting there every once in a while and uh, post some fun stuff. So, yeah. Some yeah. someday you'll get back on the Instagram. I I did, and then I'm falling behind again. So yeah. I got to do it again. Yeah, I'm I'm struggle struggle bus for real. But yeah. uh, but you know, we we got jobs, Brian. <laughs> yeah, 
peanut butter next time? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, we'll see. Definitely coming up. Coming soon. Yeah, coming soon. To a podcast near you. To your ears near you. Yeah. Which, by the way, George Washington Carver, not. Not the guy? He's a peanut guy. He's a peanut guy. Okay. But not peanut butter. Okay. Good to know. Yeah. All right. We'll, We'll let you know on a future episode of The Quest for 100. But thank you for joining us on this episode of The Quest for 100. 